Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Good morning and welcome to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We were also streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au. I would like to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people who were the traditional owners of the land we're recording on today and pay my respects to their elders, both past and present. And how are you this morning, Ed? I'm really well, thank you. And um, we're having... Oh, not bad, not bad. (laughs) We're having another yarn today too. And uh, once again, it's via Zoom. And it was started because of this, a a little note came through from uh, Jonathan, our station manager for one of another word. And uh, it was from a Lily Elford, and I've got to read out how she introduced herself. She says, hey, everyone, my name is Lily Elford, and I'm a legally blind, chronically ill 20-year-old from Colac, Victoria. You may have seen me walking around with my selection of coloured canes. Rainbow is my most popular choice. Well, having read that, we found out that, yeah, this fundraiser that uh, Lily's doing could, uh, well, it's doing reasonably all right, but we can give it a bit of a push along. So how are you there, Lily? I'm good, thank you. Welcome to OCRFM. Thank you for having me. You know worries at all. Now, what's this you wander around? I've got to admit, Edwina and I, we actually broadcast and we're from Geelong. So under normal circumstance, we, we get the train down and all that sort of thing. But currently we, we are in Geelong and doing our broadcast. So we haven't seen you wandering around with your cane. So you are a bit of a celebrity, though, I understand. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a bit popular. <laughs> a bit popular. So you're doing this fundraiser and it's in relation to World Sight Day, which is, uh, well, October the 8th in tomorrow. Yes, yep, tomorrow. <laughs> And what got you into it? Why did you start that? Um, mainly because I just, like, I have a lot to do with Vision Australia with myself. And I thought that it was important that we raise funds for, you know, other people who might not be as advantaged as I am. Okay. Well, with your introduction, it doesn't sound as though you've got, or you've got a couple of disadvantages on your way. But anyway, because it's about Vision Australia and also seeing iDogs Australia, we got in contact. Well, I've got to thank Erin uh, McDonald here. Uh, but Erin McDonald got hold of a, a young lady for us as well, Dusty Kutner. Is that how you pronounce it or Kutner? That's Kutner. Kutner, that's what I thought. And your community <laughs> fundraising and event marketing manager for VA, for Vision Australia. So welcome. Yeah, that's right. And your, your, is it Dusty or Dussy? Dussie. Yeah, it's Dussie. a bit of a hard one, but you've done a good job, Greg. Good. Well, we hadn't had much of a chance to have a chat. So <laughs> welcome aboard. So you are from Vision Australia, which is also part of Seeing Eye Dogs Australia. That's right. Yeah. And now you've got this, the thing that got uh, Lily involved is it's a My Vision 2020 challenge that's been thrown out by VAS, VA. We just call them VA from now on. Is that all right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yep, and it's in relation to it being uh, the Vision Day on the 8th. So what's this 2020 challenge all about? And then we'll better find yeah. out what he's doing for it. Yeah, so basically um, our community fundraising program has always been pretty small and we thought it was time that we made it a little bit more modern and brought it into 
for you 2020. So we wanted to um, get something in why we created the supply. Um, and we did it, um, we wanted to do it in line with World Sight Day, which is this Thursday on the 8th of October. And that day is raising awareness. Um, and so, yeah, I guess we really thought it was really timely to get some people on board to do um, basically any challenge that they want, you know, 2020 is a theme. So that's like 2020, um, the vision and 2020, um, the year, obviously. Um, and, you know, we all know, especially me in Melbourne, that 2020 has been a pretty average year. But, um, you know, there's still something that we can do to make it better. And we still have control over doing some really great things like Lily is doing and raising money for um, Vision Australia and seeing our dogs. And yeah, basically, we just asked people to go out and choose whatever they wanted to do. So we've got some other people. Um, someone's giving up Diet Coke for 20 days. Um, that's their, their big vice. Um, I did a little fundraiser for my birthday. So I asked everyone to donate money to me for my birthday instead of presents. Um, and Aaron's son actually is, run, is um, riding 20, to 20 kilometers on his bike. So he's eight years old, so it's a pretty big feat for him. So we've got some really great fundraisers on there. Um, and yeah, we're really um, excited to see what Lily's doing as well. It's really nice to see such creativity. I saw someone suggested doing 20 push-ups. I just wondering who took that one up. Yeah, we have we have got someone doing twenty push ups, um, which I could never do. So uh, I hope that his arms are okay <laughs> by the end of that. He's doing twenty push ups every day for twenty days. You could do um, one a day for twenty days. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I would probably opt for that one. I think. <laughs> okay, now because of the noise that was going on, I've, I've snookered myself here, Lily. I. Um, I muted you because of the noise that was going on in the background. Are you able to um, ask me to unmute you or can you unmute yourself? Are you there, Lily? Oh, yes. Sorry, I unmuted myself. <laughs> but that's good because there was so much noise in the background there, I muted you. So when you see or when you can hear the noise, if we can try and do that, because as I think I mentioned, you are in a uh, shopping centre, so it's a little bit difficult. But We'll work through it. So how did you come up with your idea of doing what and the way you're doing it too, Lily, and explain a bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, you're, only no young girl. you're only 20 yourself with a 2020 year, I think, aren't you? Yes. So your experiences have led you to this? Uh, yes, yeah, well, actually, I saw it on Facebook. It popped up in, like, one of those advertisement things. And then I was like, oh, that would be a good thing to do. So I decided to do the um, – well, the my goal was to sell 20 cupcakes, and I didn't expect it to blow up so much that it did. <laughs> Just 20 cupcakes, and you're up to what I saw beforehand, $783. That's a lot of cupcakes. It is a lot of cupcakes. <laughs> we will have fun um, cooking them all tomorrow. <laughs> well, so the whole lot of it is for cupcakes. It's not just donation. Uh, well, we had an option. So I did an option where you could donate for cupcakes or you could just donate because you'd like to. Or we also had 
Um, we also have like a raffle going on for a chocolate hamper, but that one's not until the end of the month. So, and then people just tell me what they like. And then at the moment, I think we're up to 75 cupcakes. Wow. Yeah, so. <laughs> Good on you. You, yeah. use, you use a stick for your mobility. Uh, yes, yep. I've got my rainbow cane, yep. <laughs> now, well, I've, I've got to ask, why the rainbow cane? Um, well, I guess I had a normal, like the red and white one when I first started using a cane. And then I kept swapping colours. And then as I got older through like school and stuff, I changed to more and then... The last one I did was about two years ago, which is the rainbow, and I've just stuck to it ever since. <laughs> well, I'm a bit like you. I use a walking aid myself, and instead of plain metal or whatever else, which is out nowadays, I paint mine. Oh, not paint mine. I use, uh, what is it called, Edwina? Uh, Greg puts paper on his and then puts Modge Podge over the top to make oh, it yeah. waterproof, and you have a few beautiful oh, decorated canes, yes. Uh, but they're not canes, they're sticks, but anyway... So you you are using a, a walking aid being a, a stick now. Is it? I've got to ask. Is it with or without a roller? Uh, I have a roller ball on the end. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to go to Dusty because you're going to you're the expert. Why do people have roller balls and why don't they? Oh, I don't know if I am the expert, Greg. I'm the expert in fundraising, but I'm not yeah, sure. Okay. If I'm the expert expert in that. Um, so I might have to ask Lily to answer that one. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I use a rollerball because it, it's really personal preference. I find it easier because um, instead of, so people can tap it from side to side or they can roll across the ground. I enjoy rolling across the ground because it gives me more like feedback around like about where I am and that kind of thing. So I prefer it for that. But some people just have straight ones because they like to tap or that kind of thing. Okay. Now, when you're tapping, we've got to start talking about some of the things that are around town that help you out. Is that we've got tactile tiles. Now, I know a young bloke who thought that tactile tiles were to stop people skateboarding in the shopping centres. <laughs> do, yes. Are, do, do people, a lot of people don't understand what tactile tiles are, do they? No, they don't, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Let us know how much they've helped to you. Um, they are very helpful in, like, situations where it's uh, coming up to a road or a bus stop or, like, a steep, like, drop-off. They're usually there. Like, people, especially if you're, like, walking down the street and there's a lot of, like, businesses with driveways, there'll be dots along the side so that you know that they're about, like, there's a driveway there. Um, train tracks. Where else are they? Um, a bit of everywhere, really. <laughs> they are. And they're um, actually the, the bloke, well, they actually started, I think, in Geelong. The chap was the, the originator many years ago. And it's a, a great thing that has helped. There are aids now that are that were not in place many years ago. So how easy it is to get a, is it to get around town nowadays? Being well vision impaired and or blind, is everything there yeah, that it, you need? Yeah, it is. It's a lot better, and the councils have gotten like a lot better. So you can like 
email them and usually they'll put things in like if you need that and they're not there, they'll put them in for you. So, mm-hmm. and in Melbourne, there's ones that change colour and they flash red and green when the lights go and all that kind of thing. They're really getting good at it. <laughs> How proactive are Vision Australia in that regard, Dusty? Are they, um, they help push for these things with feedback from those or your clients or customers? Yeah, definitely. We have an advocacy team that um, that works, you know, with government and um, take takes on a lot of feedback from our clients as well. So they're always listening to, to hear what people want and um, they do a really great job as well in obviously giving out information to clients about what's out there as well available. How do people get in contact with you? Yeah, so we have um, a pretty direct phone number um, that really gets... I guess you get through to that number and then we'll pop you through to the right person um, that that you're after. So um, I can give you the phone number if you want, Greg, for everyone to, to pop down if they're interested. Yeah, you may as well um, give that now and we'll put it in our blog for when we do our podcast. All right, I'll let you know. Sorry, that was my dog just sneezing next to me. And yours is not a seeing eye dog because we'll talk about those briefly too, I think, as well. Yeah, no, I've got a greyhound next to me. A a rescue um, dog? She's very attention-seeking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, so if anyone was interested or they wanted to get in touch with us, the best number is 1300 847466. And um, that number will you get put through to our main phone line and um, we have some really helpful people there who will direct you to really the right person for whoever you want to talk to, whatever kind of information anyone is after. Okay. Now Vision Australia has got a lot of activities in that that you have for people. What are some of the ways you look after those who have got impairment? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of services available. Um, some of the main stuff we do, um, is we do things like telehealth, especially at the moment, because um, coronavirus has really changed that um, platform for everybody. Um, so that you know means people can get assistance with us over the phone, um, and it obviously helps people if they're having trouble getting around or if they're in rural areas. Um, we have a lot of children's services as well, so that's you know for kids who are either born or develop a, um, any eye conditions, um, obviously as children. So. Um, you know, we help with getting them ready for school or, um, you know, learning how to read Braille or whatever it is. Um, and then we have some really other important stuff like employment assistance to ensure that people who are blind or have low vision can still get a job and um, really do things that they're excited about and, you know, are able to enjoy their life and, you know, really achieve any goals that they have and that sort of thing as well. But to try, it's a, a level of normality if there's such a thing. Yeah, that's right. Yep, just to, you know, we definitely believe that everyone should be able to um, seek employment in whatever career that they would like to get. So um, we try our best to help help them achieve that. You mentioned Braille. Um, one thing I don't and we hadn't had a chance to have a bit of a chat beforehand, but I got a note from uh, our studios once again. It's a, from Braille House. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of their activity this this uh, October? 
where they're wanting, no, they've got a, a bit of a thing going on where um, they're wanting people to find braille in their community. And actually, oh, yeah. we've got a young 11-year-old staying with us at the moment. And I've got him to feel a couple of the, um, the uh, dollar notes, $5 notes and that sort of thing, because he mm. wasn't aware that there was braille on our notes, let alone he didn't really know what braille was. How important is braille to you, Lily? Um, I'm personally not a braille user, but I did learn, like I have learnt it. So I can still feel it if like I need to in train stations and stuff, but I don't use it primarily. <laughs> Would you want to explain some of the places where it is? Because people don't know that. They don't much about tactile tiles, let alone about braille in public. Because that's what Braille House is doing. They're trying to get a, a an awareness of where the dots and that are for people. So as I understand the sort of uh, how you people actually have to, when I say you people understand how a person with vision impairment uh, or a blind person is able to get around with the help of these different aids that are now available in community. Yeah, um, so some of the places you'll find it are like, bathrooms on um oh, what are they called the the street poles that you press the button the traffic lights you'll find it on there with like the street that you're on you can feel and it will tell you where you are um sometimes if you go to a restaurant they have the braille menus there um you can get it in Yes, no, it's it's not very big in like small country towns. It's mainly in like Melbourne and things like that. Okay. Um, yeah. I've seen them at lifts. Oh, yes, lifts too. Yep. <laughs> so it is, it's all over uh, the place. Yes, yeah. So how, your money that you're raising, how do you, how do you see that being of any great benefit for what's going to happen with the money? Um, I know that, you know, it will, it will help someone at the end of the day, whether it be one person or four different people. Like it, it's very like expensive and time consuming to, to like be able to let someone like give them the resources that they need to be independent and all that kind of thing. Like it's, it's a full-time job, especially if you're going from someone who has had sight previously to then all of a sudden, you know, not having sight or developing like it very quickly. It can be very like hard for them to kind of adapt. And there's a lot of things that they will need. And so, yeah. So it's a physical side of it. Isn't yeah, it's really it? But what about the mental side of it? You did you develop your develop your loss of sight? It sounds a weird way to put it, but well, was it a, a birth thing or how did that occur, Lily? Um, so I was born with a vision impairment, but as I got older, um, it it got worse. So there are like people. So I got a lot of support from. Um, they don't call them support coordinators anymore. I'm not too sure what they're called, but. I had like a lot of kind of one-on-one -on -one appointments where she'd like call during the week and, you know, ask me how I'm going and give me that kind of support. And so did everyone else, obviously, but it was more so she'd check in and see if there's anything I can or need help with. And then that was, you know, that was 
very important for me to be able to go on the way I do. <laughs> okay, now your, your cane, how much would that be worth? I'm just interested because that's uh, mine are only cheap compared to yours, I'd imagine. Um, it depends what like brand and stuff you go with, but I think you're roughly looking at 130 for my cane. Well, you've raised enough for about five or six already, haven't you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and because the guide dog is even more. So <laughs> I was going to say then, that's another aspect of it. VA, uh, Dussie, they're, they're al uh, allied or aligned with, with CEDA, Seeing Eye Dogs Australia. Yeah. Why, do, yeah. why does someone have a cane? Why does someone... I've seen people without walking aids of any type and not a dog even. So... Who ends yeah. Up with so seeing our um, dogs is works alongside us and Vision Australia. So we kind of all come under the same umbrella. Um, obviously, seeing our dogs is um, dedicated to the seeing our dogs section. Um, and I suppose um, it all depends on each individual's um, needs and I guess how their life, um, how they live their life and how busy their life is. And I guess what their um, level of vision is as well. Obviously, um, the seeing eye dogs are really important because they help people really go out and do everything. Um, you know, the dogs go everywhere with them. So whether it's getting on the train or going to the cafe, uh, you know, going to work, getting up, cooking dinner or whatever it is, um, the dog is there every step of the way. So they basically act as somebody's complete eyes. So how much does it cost to train a seeing eye dog? So it's $50,000 for one Pardon? to get, get a dog from puppy to, to 50, be. 50000 Per dog, yeah. That wow. is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so each dog, um, that, that means from the dog being born and then being trained and then being, um, they, you know, get put in with a puppy carer often that trains them. So... You'll see some people have a, um, a seeing eye dog for a year and they're a puppy carer and they take the puppy with them everywhere and sort of train them up a little bit and then they go into the official program, seeing eye dogs program. And then um, once they come out of that program and they're, I guess, um, trained up and good enough to be placed with a person and they get placed with um, a client. And there is so it's a quite a long program. Now, is that the, the dog, uh, is that a chosen thing for the person? The person decides, now, Lily, you're, you're not interested in having a dog or you, you might later on or? Um, I'm actually on the list for a guide dog, yes. Okay, what um, do you think so that might can, be? Well, it can take up to a year or so depending on your needs. So I've been on since November last year, so yeah. And... Is that something you're looking forward to? Because it'd be a, a complete life change, would it? It it will be, yes. But I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna bring so much. Like, just I'm gonna be able to do things that I can, you know, not currently do alone, and I won't need a sighted guide as much and it would just it would really be good <laughs> how have you got along so far you've been you're a colleg girl yes <laughs> so how did you go with your schooling 
Um, so I went to, to CSC, so Colac, and they were very supportive there. So I had a, um, a visiting teacher who came in. Her name was Lynn Murdoch, and she would, like, organise everything so that the teachers would have all my work enlarged. I'd have my iPad, special provisions for exams and things like that. Um, if they, they actually had the whole school painted um, yellow, so... <laughs> Every pole, every, like, the floor would have tactile on it. Every seat, bench, door would have a yellow sticker on it so that I'd be able to distinguish it better. Oh, um, fabulous. Yeah, it was. It was It was a very good thing for the school, so. Is that common, Dussie? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, so that's part of what, I guess, the children's services um, support in, in terms of, like, school and that, and that sort of stuff. Because once upon a time, and we're a little bit older than you guys, once upon a time, if you were vision impaired or whatever else, you were put, you know, went to the blind school or whatever it was called. I think in Melbourne they had a, a school on the road there and just about everyone <laughs> who was vision impaired got trucked there. And it was sort of in an isolation and whatever else. So things have changed a lot. Yeah, they definitely have, Greg. And obviously, you know, um, we want kids to go to school with all their peers and be able to do things that every other kid would do. So, um, yeah, the children's services really um, help in terms of making sure that kids can still go to school with their brothers and sisters or their mates. and you know, get the same education and the same experience. So that's what um, the Carols by Candlelight here in Melbourne um, fundraises for primarily. Which is fabulous. It's not just the children though that you people support because we've got friends who have lost vision later in life through diabetes and such things. Yeah. So um, how does that all go in terms of connection with you guys? Yeah, so we do heaps. Um, obviously, yeah, it's not just for, not just for children. Um, we service really people from little babies to um, elderly people and everyone in between. Um, so some of the stuff we do are emotional support groups and sort of peer support and that sort of thing. So, you know, often people who are um, experience the same kind of thing um, really flourish when you're able to make friends with each other and I guess um, understand what each other are going through or what, what their lives are like. And I'm sure it's, um, Lily, something that perhaps you, you would have found, I'm sure it's easier sometimes to explain something to someone else who also has low vision or is blind. Um, obviously, we have occupational therapists um, to assist with independence. We, do, we have mobility specialists, which you know, help people navigate using a cane or a guide dog. Um, and then there's more medical stuff, so orthoptists, um, you know, to assess um, functional vision and make um, recommendations and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then, as I said earlier, we have a lot of education and employment support as well um, to help people apply for jobs or then um, maintain their jobs and, you know, seek equipment that could help them do their job better um, or um, access um, software and, you know, for their computer that will read stuff out to them and all of that sort of thing. So, um, you know, there's, there's heaps of stuff that, that really are involved in our services. Um, and, of course, we're also, we have the Vision Australia Radio, which um, 
you guys might have heard of, and it's a radio station run out of Vision Australia. Um, and there's quite a few uh, programs that are broadcasted along there. They have a program, I think, where they read the newspaper every day. Um, they read out um, books and that sort of thing. So again, just um, providing the, that service to people so they're able to stay in touch with what's happening in the world and sort of keep up contemporarily as well. Well, I must admit that uh, when I first cut my teeth on broadcasting, it was way back 15, 16 years ago now where I did the production for the uh, Geelong Advertiser being read here in Geelong. And uh, oh, wow. that was a great experience. Did you make political? No, I didn't. Honest. I was only doing the production. <laughs> I was only doing the panelling and the, the volunteers were reading out the paper and it was quite interesting to be involved. But we're having a chat with Lily Elford and also Dussie Kutner, who, well, Dussie is with Community Fundraising and Event Marketing Manager for Vision Australia. And Lily Elford is vision impaired, or she's legally blind, and she is doing her fundraiser. Now, you can get onto that fundraiser on a couple of ways by going to my vision at visionaustralia.org.au under fundraisers, Lily Elford. Now, you're on Facebook with that, aren't you, Lily? Uh, yes, I am, yeah. So what, what do people look up on Facebook for it? Is I Lily think Elford? they can, yeah, I think they can find it under that, yeah. All right, well, we just look under Lily Alford and she's got a whole lot of detail here about what's been going on and what is happening. You're on 98.3 in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast with Community Connect and Edwina and Greg McHenry. We're chatting with Lily Alford. She has got a fundraiser going on. And we'll get you to pump your fundraiser first. Lily, have you had a chance to look and see how much you're up to now? Oh, no, I didn't. Do you want you me to do it now? <laughs> well, 783 was the last count I had on it. And you were aiming for $500. And while you are looking that up, and we're also talking with Dusty Kutner, who was a community fundraising and event marketing manager for Vision Australia. And I suppose we should, should we say, uh, Dusty, is it VA Cedar? or just Vision Australia and CEDA comes under it anyway? Yeah, it does come under it anyway, but we sometimes, we kind of flip between both of them. Righto. Now that part of it is a is huge part now. And as we're looking forward to, we'll have to get to talk to Lily next year when, uh, when she's got a dog, hopefully. Yeah. But, now one yeah. other thing, <laughs> I'm, going get, I'm going to bounce off you, Lily. Are you aware that it's White Cane Day shortly? Yes, I am. <laughs> what do you do for that? Is there anything special for that one as well? Um, I haven't done anything in a little while. I used to decorate my cane at school. <laughs> so now I'm not sure. <laughs> so how does that get by? Because it's supposed to be a white cane and that identifies someone with vision impaired. And here you are, you've got, currently you've got a, a rainbow. So I suppose you're well known because you're in a small town, but how does it go if you were in Melbourne? Um, well, it's honestly personal preference. I mean, I do have a white cane as a backup and I do usually bring it, like if I'm going to trips and stuff, just in case, like I say, I, I got it caught in the tram tracks and I snapped it last year and I had to use the other one instead. But most people kind of, get the point i mean you have some people who try and push it a bit uh, like people will jump in front of you and things like that to try and see if you can see them but other than that most people pardon 
get the gist. <laughs> so, I mean, what was that? Did you say people test out to see whether you are actually vision impaired? Yes, you, you will have, you will encounter people like that. <laughs> what do they do? So, um, yeah, so I'll have people that will be walking like directly bes beside me, but in front coming towards me and then they will jump in front of me to like stamp their feet in front of my cane it like to see what my reaction will be whether i'll pull back or oh how do it's, they it's, train it's, you for that unbelievable <laughs> you just sometimes you just whack them yeah whack them with your cane yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of people that we've got a friend of ours, you know, she's now passed away, but she wrote a, a book called Does She Take Sugar in Her Tea? And the reason she wrote the book was because she had a, uh, she was actually a, a polio person and she was in a wheelchair, but I've also, so she would get asked, her friend would get asked, does she take sugar in her tea rather than asking her? There's one thing, we had a laugh with another chap when we were talking about uh, vision impairment who said that everyone talks to him louder because yes. <laughs> he said as soon as he, because he developed, um, he, his eyes went later on, yeah, after a stroke, they talk to him louder. Do you ever get that? Yeah, I do. I've had someone try and use... Um... Get KFC, and I've had someone try and use sign language to me through, through the window. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, unbelievable. We're, we're a great mob, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. How do you get along with all these people? Is, they, is there a certain amount of madness with what goes on in your lives, isn't there, Lily? There is, yeah, but I guess you can't hold it against people. Not everyone's brought up with people with, you know, disabilities and things. They don't, they don't really know how to, you know, come across or that kind of thing. So I don't really, I hold it with like a grain of rice. I, I if people ask questions, I'll, you know, I'll answer. I'm, I'm really open and honest about it. Well, I suppose you have to be. From your point of view, Dassy, the, the education that goes on. You talked about some of the programs and that sort of thing. How does it go with families as well? Because well, I'll, we can go back to Lily shortly, but when someone develops or is born, as in Lily's case, with a vision impairment or yeah. they develop it, there's a lot of support needed around the person mm -hmm. uh, as well as for the person. How does VA handle that? Yeah, so that's right, Greg. I mean, it's obviously the person who has the um, the issue with with um, seeing needs the help, but it's also the families as well. So part of the um, the services is to work together and teach mum and dad how to um, also sometimes they'll learn things like braille or how to use certain um, uh, technology or whatever it is, so that they can teach their children while they're doing it. So it often becomes a whole family thing. Um, that's really part of the whole, really the whole package that we that we have. Um, we have things also like um, like the library and things like that. So there's access to books, um, and parents can go in there with their kids and sort of all sit together and spend time together uh, learning to read braille or to um, 
really develop different skills together and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing that we often do is, you know, it's just about understanding um, the, the client's vision. So whether they're a little child or maybe they're a teenager, but it's helping parents or families around them to understand what's actually going on um, and how to sort of make sure the home environment is, is safe and um, supportive for, um, you know, development and that sort of thing. So there's a whole lot of stuff that really goes on. And do you still have the daisy wheel or the daisy machine for reading? I'm not sure. I that one. Oh. But that's not to say that we don't have it. Oh. <laughs> we have, the organisation is really so big. There's so many facets to it that, um, yeah, I, I can't know all of it off the top of my head. So you definitely could be right there. Well, it's but um, talking books. Oh, okay. Yeah, we do have talking books, Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, the reason Edwina brought that up is because my beautiful mother-in-law had a, a benign essential tremor. And as we yeah. say, it wasn't really essential, but that's what they call it. It's akin to a, a Parkinson's-type shake, so she couldn't hold a book. And so oh, yeah. referral was made to Vision Australia where she was able to get a daisy wheel with a, oh, a, daisy, machine. a daisy machine with the uh, with audio books. So you do reach into community in more ways than one. Which yeah, definitely. Great. And there's... Um you know, we really encourage healthcare professionals to um, refer people back to us. Um, and as you said, it's not always directly to do with vision um, in the first instance. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that we have, um, you know, a presence in the community because our services can help quite a range of um, people and I guess different sorts of conditions really. Mm. A lot of it's a social aspect too, Lily. Did you find that you got a lot of social connections through VA and its association? Um, I did, yeah. Yeah, I did meet quite a few other people and their families with, like, vision impairments in Colac. And I've been to, like, um, they're called, like, meet and greets and you go to, like, school holiday programs and that kind of thing and you can go to Melbourne and go to the movies and shopping with lots of other people with vision impairments and that kind of thing. Lily, have you done the LEAP program? Uh, no, I haven't. What um, is that one? Uh, it's, the LEAP program is, uh, it's, I think it stands for Employability and Leadership Program. Um, and it's um, for sort of, um, I think usually in the last couple of years of high school for um, sort of young people who obviously have some sort of vision impairment or are blind. And um, it's a program kind of similar to what Lily said, where um, they will get together and learn leadership skills and um, go on some camps together and um, sort of learn how to do a job interview and write a resume and get ready for whatever happens after high school. Okay, and you haven't done that yet, Lily, or you you didn't know about it? Um, I have heard of it. I just haven't participated. I might be a bit too old now. Lily, <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Was it too old? Twenty, Edwina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gee, we're going on 17. <laughs> You're too old. <laughs> one thing you mentioned, Lily, was going to the pictures. Now, that uh, has got a certain, or it requires a question. If you're vision impaired and or blind, how do you go to the pictures? 
Um, so it's personal. Some people just like to go and listen where I prefer to go and get, um, it's, it's like a little audio thing and it like, you get these headphones and it goes, it's called audio description. That's the word. And it goes in your ears and it will tell you what's going on on the screen. So I personally my friends use it sometimes when we go to the movies because they enjoy it more because they understand like it'll tell you what's going on what like someone who's sighted probably really wouldn't even notice yeah they're very descriptive they are so they're quite good (laughs) well once upon a time wasn't that done by volunteers Dussie yeah yeah it was yeah or is it still done by volunteers um, I think we do have volunteers that help with it, but we we do have a proper, um, I think, a paid section for it now. But, um, yeah, it's definitely really important. And a lot of our um, the video, well, we produce a lot of audio description out of VA as well. And um, as I don't know if you've ever seen anything, Lily, on our social media and stuff, but we try to, to audio describe anything we put out um, on the website or social media and we picture describe any images that we post as well so that screen readers can read it out yes no that's it's really good <laughs> and so the technology as it's as it's blossoming where is the main main part of it being generated does is this stuff that's being done locally or overseas or it's all over the world to be honest I mean the research that happens is amazing and it it kind of changes all the time like with everything so um, some of it comes out of Australia but a a lot of it is really done internationally and um, you know I think that Vision Australia works quite collaboratively with some other international organizations as well to to make sure that all the clients are getting sort of -of state-of-the-art stuff. And are you getting yeah. everything that you need, Lily? We can put in a bid for you now. Is there something that you really need, Dusty, to follow up on you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm being very, very looked after. <laughs> so do you have to? Do you get looked after? I, I, this probably brings in NDIS or NDIA. Which one? We call it NDIS. So NDI, NDIS must be in partners with what you're doing. Would that be right, Dusty? And also yourself, yeah. Lily? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you go, Lily. You can chat first if you want. Uh, sure. So you get a plan through NDIS with your plan manager and usually they, you know, you write down your goals and then they allocate funds and then Vision Australia or whoever you're going through, guide dogs, seeing eye dogs, they will write like a report and then they will, NDIS will come back and say, yes, that you know, we can fund that or no, we're not going to fund that, that kind of thing. Okay, so yeah. with you getting your dog, it's going to be, you know, it's a $50,000 dog, so your name's on the books. Um, so you will get the dog and then how do you look after it? You've got to, you know, groom it, feed it, do the whole deal of that. You're going to be trained as well? Uh, yes, yeah. So you go up to Melbourne for, uh, I haven't, like, I've been explained it, but it was so long ago. You go up to Melbourne for, I think it's a week or so, and you learn how to use your dog up there and, like, see if it, you know, really works for you. And then I think you do in-home, like, at, at your place of residence, training for a while, and then the guide dog's person will come down and 
keep checking in with you to see that it's working. Yeah, there's lots of support in place to make sure that the dog's the right fit and that, um, you know, someone like Lily would know how to um, get sort of the dog settled in, look after the dog and then bond together so that obviously the desired outcome is achieved because there's nothing worse than if, you know, the dog was not bonding well or you weren't sort of getting along very well, then you're not really going to trust the dog to be your eyes. So, um, you know, all of that stuff. And um, I guess the, the lead, in the lead up, as the said, when they go down to Melbourne, um, all of that is really planned quite well so that hopefully by the time the dog gets to a place like Lily, in, into Lily's house, they're already like pretty well adjusted. Yeah, so we actually have a big, um, in the CNI Dog Centre in Kensington in Melbourne, we've got a big, um, a big area where we have a tram, like a sort of pretend tram, some pretend... Um, crossings, um, cafes, and a couple of other things that in the puppy centre. So that's where we train the puppies to, you know, I guess navigate real world um, experiences as well. So someone like Lily might go into the puppy centre with her, with her dog as well. So we can, you know, show Lily how to get on a train with the dog and that sort of thing. And the dogs that all have their own personalities too. Absolutely, they do. Mm. Some of you see are quite naughty. And you mm. wonder um, how, how they're going to fare. But the training program is quite good, so they usually all turn out quite obedient. But there are a couple that go a bit rogue. <laughs> well, can I suggest that you, maybe a cheeky one would work well with Lily because she seems to have a fair amount to get up and go in her and it, it'll need to be a little bit cheeky to handle her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you think, Lily? I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> And you must be looking forward to it, but then you're going to have to train it around Colac, aren't you? Yes, yeah, in Colac, yeah. And people, it'll, you won't have any, you'll have people stopping you all the time wanting to pat your dog. You can't let it do that. No, nah, have no, have to say no. <laughs> it'll be a real change of life for you. It's unbelievable. All right, did you manage to have a look and see how much you've raised yet, Lily? Uh, yes, I did. It was... Uh, 783. That is 783. All right. Yeah. Well, and let everyone know just before we, we find out what track we're going to hear from uh, as far as a choice from Dusty goes, that uh, how did we get onto your to raise funds for you? Uh, so you can find it on Facebook under Lily Alfred, and then it should be right there because it's the only one I have on public <laughs> or you can also find it on like the Colac and Geelong district notice boards. You can and it's a 2020 challenge just to reiterate on that someone's got to start doing 20 push-ups or they'll have to eat 20 of your cupcakes <laughs> or <laughs> yes 20 cupcakes but we've already smashed it so we're doing good <laughs> okay now we will be hopefully talking to you in 2021 again when you've got a dog from Cedar, from Seeing Eye Dogs Australia, Lily. So you'll be a, how old will you be then? You'll be 21 in 21. 21, yep. <laughs> You've got no problem remembering your age, have you? Good. <laughs> no. With, with that, Eddie and I are that old now, we have to use a calculator. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, All right. Um, <laughs> So you go to Lily Alford, it's Lily, L-I-L-Y, Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D. 
at, and just Google, uh, not Google it, Facebook that. But you can also, uh, there might be other people you might want to donate to, but don't. Do Lily first. But you can head to myvision.visionaustralia.org and have a search for Lily's page there. Make sure you find Lily's page if you don't know how to get into it via Facebook or you're not a Facebook person. Does that sound like another way too, I think? Is that right? Yeah, that's it. You, yeah, um, that if you're feeling really, um, really good, you could set your own fundraiser up. Can we? Yeah, if anyone else is feeling like they want to, um, you know, jump in with Lily and do some other fundraising with their own, you can easily set up your own page on that website as well. All right, we'll go with that. And I hope you get much, much more money out of it, Lily, and that um, your quest for a dog comes to fruition very much so next year. So throw your money at Lily. Okay. <laughs> She's doing it for a great cause, and so you're well done, you, for, for the work you're putting into it. And it's been great Thank talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us, Lily. And Dusty, I thank you for being with us. And we'll, once again, you better thank Erin for us. Yeah, but, I will. Um, before we go, even though we're in, regionally we're doing very well with the COVID, I'm sorry it has to be mentioned, but if you are feeling crook, if you've got any of the symptoms that are talked about, don't um, procrastinate. Go and see or go to the clinic and get yourself tested. Have a look on the site for Colac Area Health and it'll let you know where to get COVID testing. It's most important that now that we're down to zero, actually I think we are to zero in Colac now, we don't want anyone else getting crook, but if you are feeling in Melbourne. In so. Melbourne. So in <laughs> Melbourne, you too, um, you put your word out to those in your area, Dusty, it'd be good. Absolutely. Yep. So, well, yeah, make sure everyone looks after each other and if you've got any symptoms that you get checked out. Thank you, Dusty, once again for being with us uh, from VA and CEDA. Lily, all the best with your fundraiser. And uh, one day we'll meet in the studio, I hope. And with a bit of luck, it'll be next year about the same time. How does that sound? Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Look, it's been Edwina and Greg here on OCRFM 98.3 in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we've been streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au. We'll talk to you all again next week. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.